Pastor Xavier Reese and a Holy God. The Bible is God's book. Israel is God's land. Jerusalem is God's city. They are all God's property. That is why they are holy. They belong to the Holy God. His property is holy. If it's not holy, it can't be His property. And if it is, He has to judge it. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Someone has said God doesn't need to settle all of His accounts at once, but the truth is He will settle them. Today, Pastor Xavier opens up the Word of God to the important prophecies regarding His people. And that's coming up in today's continued study from the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Let's listen as he begins. The message is entitled, Israel Will Believe the Gospel. The prophet Ezekiel has revealed a future blessing over the mountains of Israel in which the land will be restored. Now the prophet focuses on the restoration of the nation in view of the holiness of God from verse 16 to 38. And this is the theme, the holiness of God. And here's the three things that the restoration of the nation in view of restoration is characterized by. First, verse 16 through 21, the past sinful recognition of Israel was contrary to God's holiness. Secondly, verse 22 through 32, the present and the future restoration of Israel will, be, will vindicate God's holiness. It will vindicate God's holiness. And then thirdly, in verse 33 to 38, the future reconciliation of Israel in the kingdom will be marked by holiness. And there's your three divisions and the central thing and theme is the holiness of God. Let's begin with the past sinful recognition of Israel here in verses 16 to 21. Notice 16 and 17, the people of Israel were guilty of sin. Their sin had found them out. It says, when the house of Israel dwells in their own land, when they dwell in their own land, they defile it by their own ways and their own deeds. So the house of Israel identified three times in verse 17, 21, and 22. You can apply it to nobody else. This whole section 34 on down, it's Israel. Very, very clear. Notice their sin has separated them from Yahweh. To me, their way was like an uncleanness of a woman in her customary impurity, her time of her menstrual cycle. The picture is very vivid. A woman could not approach God. She was out of fellowship in Leviticus 15, 19 through 31, and many other portions that is given to us. The reason being is that God is holy, and this is the whole thrust behind it. Isaiah the prophet says it another way in Isaiah 64, 6. He says, our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's the best you have to offer. You know what people do with that? They throw it away. The prophets are very straightforward. Listen, the focus is the holiness of God. Everything compared to holiness is dark. It's dark. Their sin has separated them. All the idolatry and images that they had created. Remember the jealousy, the image of jealousy? In chapter 8, 9, 10, and 11. In the temple that he, God showed Ezekiel. And the glory of the Lord was leaving and finally left. We'll see it coming back in the millennial kingdom in chapter 40 to 48. But not until then. Because there's no temple anymore. Look at 21. Yahweh will defend 
the honor of his name, he says. Yahweh stands in sharp contrast to Israel's unholy life. But I had concern for my holy name. Ooh, underline that, my holy name. The word concern means to feel pity, compassion for his own name. He would care for it. Notice secondly here, the present and the future restoration of Israel will vindicate God's holiness. The reason is stated, it might shock you, listen. I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. The primary goal of God is his name, not even the people of Israel. He is holy. You understand? The principal goal for restoration of Israel is in 23, to clear his name. And I will sanctify my great name, underline that, which has been profaned among the nations, plural, which you have profaned in their midst. And then to have the nations confess his name. And the nations, plural, shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. Has that happened? No, that's still future. Nations, all of them, that will happen at the end. It has happened individually at times through Babylon, Medo-Persia, stuff like that, but not the whole world. That's the context. Now notice the particular proclamation of the restoration is given in verse 24 through 30. In 24, God would bring them back to their land regardless of what's seeming impossibility. For I will take you from among the nations, plural, gather you out of all the countries, plural, and bring you into your land. Whose land is it? Their land. Now there's a short-term fulfillment in Ezra chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. When Cyrus, God's anointed, gave the decree for the Jews to return after the Babylonian captivity in 538. So you have a short-term fulfillment, but the long-term fulfillment is worldwide. That has not been fulfilled. You understand? Many times we have short-term, long-term in the prophecy. It will be at the end of the tribulation as he brings in the kingdom, we'll see. Now notice verse 25 through 32. God in the final regathering would bring them under the new covenant. This is very important. This is, has not taken place, nor can it take place, until the second coming of Jesus to prepare them for the millennial. He would purify them. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. You know Ezekiel was trained as a priest, right? He understands what he's saying here. This has not yet happened. This is still future. Notice he would equip them. I will give to you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. The heart of stone being rebellious, self-will. Jesus gave them over because they rejected their Messiah. They didn't recognize him. The heart of flesh in this context does not refer to sin like what does in the New Testament, but a direct contrast to the disobedient hard heart. They will be obedient Submissive, they will know God at that time. They are rebellious now. They are blind now. They are self-willed now. They don't accept Messiah now. They will then. It'll be the new covenant. Notice the prophet called for them to get a new heart and a new spirit way back in chapter 18, 31, where he tells them, why would you die? Turn and live. 
the end result would be what? A circumcised heart, Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. That's what God was after all the time. Paul picks up the same thing in Romans chapter 1 and 2. He says, you know, the outward circumcision, physical circumcision is not the deal. It's a circumcision of the heart. Are you walking with God? Has he given you that new heart? Are you being led by your spirit? And notice he would enable them. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. The spirit is what drives and enables the man or woman to walk with God. The giving of the spirit to Israel is a sign of the Messianic age, of their Messiah. This is clearly through the prophets, Isaiah 42, 1, 44, 3, 59, 21, many, many other passages, you know that. Look at 28. He would reconcile them to himself, as he promised. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. That isn't happening right now, ladies and gentlemen. That is future. He would bless and prosper them. By sanctifying them, I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. By blessing their harvest, I will call for the grain to multiply and to bring a famine upon you and bring no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of your trees and the increase of your fields. Then, that's a time word, then at that time, you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good. And you will loathe yourself in your own sight for your iniquities and your abominations. Ezekiel has said this throughout his prophecies. The first time was in chapter 6, verse 9. Listen. Then those of you who escape will remember me among the nations where they are carried captive. Because I was crushed by their adulterous hearts, which has departed from me, and by their eyes, which play the harlot after their idols. They will loathe themselves for the evils which they committed in their own abominations. So when they went into captivity, they would reflect, and they would just be bummed. They would recognize their failure. In Ezekiel 16, 61, then you will remember your own ways and be ashamed. 62, and I will establish my covenant with you. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. In 63 of the same chapter, that you may remember and be ashamed and never open your mouth anymore because of your shame. When I provide you an atonement for all you have done, saith the Lord God. In that day, the atonement will be made by Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. There is no atonement for Israel. There is no sacrifice. There is no temple as of yet. This is speaking about that future day. And in that day, she will never exalt herself because she will reflect on her sinfulness, her treachery and everything else, and she will be humbled and broken. You understand? That is the sign of one who is truly, truly born again, one who is walking with God. The backdrop is always in awareness of the holiness of God. If you've lost the understanding and the awareness of the holiness of God, you are in deep trouble. One put it this way. What do you mean when we say a thing is holy? Look at your Bible, and it says, Holy Bible. What makes it holy? The land of Israel is called the Holy Land. The city of Jerusalem is called the Holy City. Why? There is a quality about the three that they have a common denominator. They all belong to God. The Bible is God's book. Israel is God's land. Jerusalem is God's city. 
They are all God's property. That is why they are holy. They belong to the holy God. His property is holy. If it's not holy, it can't be his property. And if it is, he has to judge it. If he did it to Israel, do you think he won't do it to us? Of course he will. The chief character of God is his holiness. You remember Isaiah 6, verse 1 through 5, the first time Isaiah reveals the holiness of God as he uh, looks to heaven. He sees the Lord sitting on his throne, high and lifted up on his throne. And, and, and he cries out, Woe to me, I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And he sees his sinfulness before a holy God. And the seraphim declare, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, uh, corresponding to the Trinity probably. Holy the Father, holy the Son, holy the Holy Spirit. Three times. That's what we see through Scripture all the time. And the seraphim flies from the altar and takes a coal and he touches the lips of Isaiah as he yields to be sent by God and he cleanses his lips and he sends him. But he had to be cleansed before he was sent as God's ambassador. He saw God holy. He saw himself next to that holy God only as sinful. Something had to change if he was going to be one with God. You think he's serious about his holiness? All of his judgments declare that he is. He hasn't changed. Holiness is God's moral attribute, as you know, and it's communicable to us as men and women. By the grace of God, we can be made holy through the work of the Spirit of God. 1 Peter 1.16, Leviticus says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Peter quotes that. So we're not holy in and by ourselves, but we're holy by relationship of our salvation through Jesus Christ as he cleanses us from our sin. The nation of Israel will accept the gospel and be saved by their Messiah, Jesus Christ. And this section of this chapter is very, very, very clear. The prophecy of Joel will be fulfilled long-term wise. As you know, Peter quoted in the day of Pentecost, right? Quoting Joel. The last day I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Let me read you what is there in Joel 28 through 32 of chapter 2. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit in all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my manservants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's fulfilled in the day of Pentecost. But Peter kept quoting it, which will be the long-term fulfillment. Here's the continuation. And I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall turn into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming and great awful day of the Lord Yahweh. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord Yahweh shall be saved. Listen very carefully. For in Mount Zion, Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord Yahweh has said, among the remnant whom the Lord Yahweh calls the remnant of Israel. That's the long-term fulfillment. Pentecost was short-term. When it comes back, long-term. Real simple. The present and future restoration of Israel will vindicate God's holiness. Now notice lastly, verse 33 to 38, the future reconciliation of Israel in the kingdom will be marked by holiness. 36 to 36, the kingdom age will be like a paradise. 
In verse 33, the authority again is divine, thus saith the Lord Yahweh. The day is very specific, the second return. On that day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, it can't be anything else. It's the second coming. The one responsible for all the fruitfulness is unmistakable. Listen to verse 33 at the end and 34. I will also enable you to dwell in the cities and the ruins shall be rebuilt. The desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all those who pass by. The abundance. 35 and 36, the ones to acknowledge it, that it was the Lord's doing, will be the nations of the world. Look very clearly. The nations will be in awe of the transformation. So they, the nations, will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden and the wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are now fruitful or fortified and inhabited. People say, oh, no, no, that's being fulfilled today in Israel. No, it isn't. They have reforested the nation. They, 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 they grow oranges as big as basketballs. They, they have done incredible things to the Sharon Valley, but it's only in part. This is talking about the millennial kingdom. That's what it's talking about. So it's being fulfilled, and we're going to see that in chapter 37, how the birth of the nation is progressive. This is still future. Isaiah 11, Isaiah 51, Joel chapter 3, Amos chapter 9. Notice 36, the nations will see Yahweh did it as he prophesied it. They will acknowledge, the nations will acknowledge that what has taken place is fulfilled prophecy. Today, the nations do not believe that. Listen to them, 36. Then the nations, plural, which are left around you shall know that I am the Lord Yahweh, have rebuilt and ru the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord Yahweh, have spoken it. I will do it. All of them, Jordan, Egypt, everybody. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, but not for salvation. That's different than it's judgment. Look at 37 and 38. The kingdom age will be a time of worshiping their Messiah for Israel. 37, Israel will have Jesus as their high priest. This is the divine authority being stated. Thus saith the Lord Yahweh Elohim. This will be to bless their petitions. Listen to him. I will also let the house of Israel inquire of me to do this for them. I will increase their men like flocks. God will abundantly bless the Jew during the millennial kingdom. 38, Israel will be holy to the Lord. The people will be holy as the holy offerings, like a flock. He's not talking about real sheep. This is a simile. Like a, a heart pants after the water brook, it's a simile, a comparison. Like a flock offered in holy sacrifices. The people will be numerous, like the flocks of Jerusalem on its feast days. So shall the ruined cities be filled with flocks of men. He's talking about literal people. Real simple. The people will acknowledge their Messiah. Then they shall know that I am the Lord Yahweh. That's the kingdom age, people. It can be nothing else. Now, 
Let me give you two scriptures that are very important here, which will illustrate all that we've talking about here. The first one is Isaiah chapter um, 35, verse 4 through 10. Isaiah says, Say to those who are fearful hearted, Be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Talking to Israel. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap with it like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals, where each lay, there shall be grass and reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and a road. And it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go upon it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransom of the Lord Yahweh shall return, meaning Israel, and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and singing shall flee away. That's the millennial kingdom, ladies and gentlemen. One more let me give you, and there are many. Zechariah 14, 20 and 21. In that day, holiness to the Lord Yahweh shall be engraved on the bells of the horses. I love that. The pots of the Lord Yahweh's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yes, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holiness to the Lord Yahweh of hosts. Everyone who sacrifices shall come and take them and cook in them. In that day, there shall no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord Yahweh of hosts. Very clearly, the millennial kingdom. Holiness. Isaiah the prophet and many others foretold of the kingdom ages, you know, for Israel. And the Lord Jesus made it very, very clear to his disciples. Listen to him telling his disciples in Matthew 19, 28. Assuredly I say to you, his disciples, that in the regeneration, that's the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Interesting. All the nations will know who the Lord is. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord Yahweh as the waters cover the sea, Isaiah 11, 9 says. The future reconciliation of Israel in the kingdom will be marked by holiness. Hmm. Ezekiel has focused on the restoration here of the nation in view of the holiness of God. And it's characterized by the past sinful recognition of Israel, which is contrary to the holiness of God. God is holy. The present and future restoration of Israel will vindicate God's holiness. And the future reconciliation of Israel in the kingdom will be marked by holiness. Do you see the central theme through the whole passage? can't escape it. How are we living? Are we playing church? Are we in the Christian circuit? I hope not. 
There's no time to be playing games today or ever before God. May God give us a clear understanding of prophecy and may prophecy cause us to fear the Lord for He's holy. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of listening to the prophecies of the Lord. Now today's message, Israel Will Believe the Gospel, is available on CD for just $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Israel Will Believe the Gospel. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. What will Israel be like in the last days? That's our topic during the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 